0: The free-for-all roundtable.
1: Brought to you by Lexus Vaughan, Canada's newest Lexus dealer, near Canada's wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury
0: is closer than you think.
1: Round one.
2: Joining us for round one this morning, Scott Reid, CTV's political commentator and advisor to a number of prime ministers and other public officials. Deb Hutton, also an advisor to uh, two premiers and somebody very familiar to News Talk 1010 listeners. And another person very familiar to News Talk 1010 advisor
3: 10 listeners. Advisor to Canada. <laughs> what did you say? That's my advisors. I was to say we
2: got all these people uh-huh. on, including me, who are former advisors to public officials. Oh, yeah. Jerry Agar, noted critic of public <laughs> officials, <laughs> no. world's <Yes>. leading and <laughs> world's leading and most strident critic of all those in public office. <laughs> who need it and
1: frequently their advisors. <laughs> well,
2: that's right, too. Did you hear me? can't help it. Yeah. Who need it? They need me to do this. All right, let's start in then. And I'm not sure some of these uh, first subjects we're going to talk about are things that uh, warrant a lot of criticism of anybody, but. I was just interested in, and I think these things get left sometimes till the end, this study that's out, uh, and and you have to be careful because it's probably one of the first studies since the legalization of cannabis that actually has thousands of people that they've uh, examined. But it says that uh, use of cannabis, it does point to people who use more, can trigger and worsen anxiety disorders. And, uh, you know, my, my, my political mentor, Premier Bill Davis, said moderation in all things, which then doesn't lead to these kinds of problems. But is this something in the aftermath of legalization which is now what uh, five or six years ago? We should be worried about, uh, or is it just like alcohol and other things that you're going to see this kind of thing happen to some people? I'll start with you, Scott. Oh, sure. Start with Scott. Ah, we're talking about <laughs> weed and booze.
1: Read would you You are oh, also uh, drinking your, your, your coffee, so I thought I'd nail you. I, you know, I, I, I do think it's uh, like alcohol, but that's not a benign statement. That is a statement for concern because, of course, alcoholism is 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 rampant, and we know what it can do to families and people's lives and so forth. And I think that's that's not surprising that we. We find the same thing with cannabis. I, I'll tell you, of all the things when people talk about, I, I'm generally in a world of, you know what, legalization has gone okay, the stores drive me crazy like I everybody agree. else. I don't like the fact that I can't, you know, go to my car in a parking garage without smelling weed now, but then I, I'm learning to live with it. The, the one of all these studies and these concerns to keep an eye on and to track, the thing that concerns me most is when they talk about the effect that cannabis use has, particularly on like a teenage brain, like the way that it wires and maps your brain at that still development age, that does concern me a bit, and I think that uh, it's something we're going to want to worry about and think about like 15, 20 years from now when the prevalence is that much higher because we've had legalization for so long. What's that going to mean? Because when I was in university, and even now, a lot of my friends who use very, very regularly, boy, they can get a little dull, man, you know?
2: I totally concur in that with my own friends uh, from high school and university and it's interesting because one of the people quoted in this article here says earlier use of cannabis has been linked to more psychological symptoms so it's important for youth to delay their use of cannabis as long as possible so it is something that's repeated over and over again. Jerry one of the things that's referred to here as well is that only a very tiny minority of people who use cannabis say they're aware of any public education campaigns that they've ever seen that sort of talk to you about the fact that you shouldn't just assume you should use as much as you want all the time at any age and, and do you think, I mean, I know you'd be a critic ordinarily of some of these kinds of, of government expenditures on public education. Do you think it's
3: time for more public education in the advent of legalization? People often say they're unaware of things because they've never actually looked for it. True. Uh, would be part of the problem. You don't think you can get information on all of this? Well, I, if you it's wanted? there, but you have to go look for it. Well, Yes. Well, okay. Okay. well there, are you you can...
2: Jerry, are you counting on people to suddenly start now going to look for information they should know about their own health
3: or about cannabis or anything else? They don't do it. Well, no, but the inference there is that it doesn't exist. Okay. And some people have to have something shoved down their throat or they think it doesn't exist. I mean, this happens in politics, too. Well, they don't even have a platform. Yeah, yeah, they do have a platform if you actually go to their website and look at it. But, you know, since they didn't come to your house and read it to you, you think it isn't there. So I think the education is there. Other than that, I, I don't know. I've never I heard you say earlier, John, and you weren't really a big marijuana user. Uh, you and I are almost exactly the same age, and I'm kind of the same. I gave it a shot when I was a kid, and I thought, yeah, I'm still liking beer. <laughs> you know what I was processing
2: while he was talking? Jerry Agar stoned. Oh, my God.
1: Absolutely! The, hey, turn up, uh, t- turn up Fox TV. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> let it wear, Daddy O. Exactly. I dig your
2: Republican vibe. Deb, uh, you are the mom of two kids that are just approaching the age where they could uh, legally use uh, cannabis. Uh, when you read something like this, it, are, as a mom and just as a uh, as a Canadian, are you worried about this?
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, Scott made made the point when it it applies to kids' young brains or or young teens, young adults' brains. Here's my thing: I, I was never a fan of legalization. And I was a fan of decriminalization, and yeah, I realized that's an out of date and you know what's done is done kind of approach. However, when people talk to me about why that position was wrong and why legalization is right, they always refer to it vis a vis alcohol. And you drink alcohol, and you do it regularly, and all those things. Here's my here's my observation: when I walk the kids to school in the morning, I don't run into on Young Street at Lawrence anybody drinking out of a flask of alcohol at 7.30 in the morning. I don't. I don't smell alcohol when I stand next to people at the cross light. I smell marijuana every single day. Mm. And that's my concern. And it's people going to work. It's people getting in their cars. It's people going to construction sites. And yet I don't You know, as I said, see or smell alcohol. So it is not the same as alcohol. And I think as a society, we need to, whether it's Jerry's education campaign or, or something around youth. I do think we're going to be in trouble as we move forward with this.
1: All those Kareny moms that are standing around you, they're drinking vodka. That's why you don't smell anything. It's odorless. <laughs> first thing in the morning, they get up Absolutely. and Absolutely. They're just slamming it, then they get the minivan and off they go. You're I like woo-woo. running to the shelter of their mother's little
2: helper. I must say, I went to visit a hundred-year-old, yes, you would do it as a, a politician one time, and said to the woman, well, how do you, you know, to what do you attribute? And she, she pointed, see that cabinet over there? Open it up, and I opened it, and there was the booze, and she said, every morning, first thing, I have a shot. i <laughs> thinking of Yourself. who's to argue with it? Hey, anyway, the heck? On to other matters. Uh, I, look, these are not the, the hard news stories of the day, but I, <laughs> I just think sometimes people find these as interesting. Uh, they're saying here uh, that those of us who still carry wallets and I include myself, are old fashioned, the millennials are saying that uh, they're, it's just out of, out of uh, a style. And I, I would say, look, they keep asking me for my health card when I have to use it and things like that. And what are you going to do? Carry it in your pocket? So I just tend to think this uh, message coming here is what's out of date, Deb, uh, I, I still carry a wallet. I find it useful. Uh, Will there come a time when nobody will have anything like that?
0: Yeah. I mean, my my 16-year-old, everything's on her phone. I'm more upset by the broader article that you sent us on this, John, which says that uh, the little ankle socks that I wear with my uh, Converse are out. Leggings are out. I have to go back to yoga pants. And I need to wear white tube socks halfway up my leg. I'm just, I'm devastated by this news.
2: Well, Jerry, you wear a lot of those white 2 <laughs> yeah, you, you rock the yoga pants, don't <laughs> yeah, you, Jerry? Jer- Jer-
3: <laughs> yeah, Jerry, how are your yoga pants? You know, uh, the, <coughs> snug. But uh, the, my level of concern for what people in Gen Z or Gen Z, whatever you prefer, who are under the age of 27, uh, think is hip or whatever, I couldn't care less. In fact, for them to say that if you carry a wallet, you're old, yeah, well, let me tell you something, you stunt those little Gen Zers. I carry a wallet because I have money. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, Mark Dewey had a
2: slightly more benign uh, viewpoint on it earlier in the morning when he just said it's because uh, people have bills to pay at that stage as opposed to I have money and you don't. But that's good. I expected maybe that from
1: you. Scott, do you have any comment on this or can we move on? Uh, I have a long comment on this. I I have gone through a whole transformation. Uh, I am not digital. Uh, I need the tactile. I, I feel like growing up in small town Eastern Ontario, if I don't have $200 cash on me at all times, I feel anxious. I feel i like to have $200 of cash on me. Cause I me have to too, by the mentality. way. Exactly like the same. If I... The car breaks down on the side of the road. And I know this is an old, out of date opinion, but I'm like, if I have to, like, if I'm on a township road somewhere and I need to, like, get some, I gotta buy something, I just, I wanna have the cash. So, but I hate a wallet. I hate wallets because I don't like the big thump, big, you know, bulky fold over wallet. So I moved to just a straight, and now I'm gonna sound like Richie Rich. I moved to a strict money clip. So I have all my, I have like a little bit of cash, and then tucked inside in the middle of it, I have a a bunch of uh you know my driver's what license happened to a roll cards. in an elastic band so I'm like yeah but that's what i have
3: and it's a chance <laughs> oh, for me Jerry. see
2: yeah and this right. year for christmas my no, son pink, we got Haslo. some pink we got some pink ones on the outside of scott's bankroll here folks you ought to see 50, this oh I'm, my god
1: i'm kind of a, most people would get a hernia carrying that thing around I, I'm, I'm kind of halfway between the digital <laughs> and, the, and the bulky wallet i feel like i have the enlightened middle spot
0: He's uh, going to get rolled for his cash as uh, he leaves the station. We've done a
2: disservice to him. On the way out the front door of the station, uh, somebody's going to hit him up and say they heard they had some pink ones on that
1: big roll in his I'm, pocket. I'm like a character on the wire. I'm just flashing stacks and stacks. Yeah, uh, well, advising liberals pays, apparently. Uh, I'll, I'll
2: start with you, Jerry, because I know I'm...
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Jerry>! <laughs> Always jealous. Oh, my God. Microphone. Jerry, I'm going to
2: get you going on this one, but maybe you'll agree. I don't think so. Uh, I think Phil Verster maybe has this about right now, between uh, the circumstance he was in before, where he said, "I, I have an update, except I have no update on the Eglinton LRT. But now he's at least giving some indication of what some of the things are they're working on, what percentage of that problem they've solved, but still refusing, I think sensibly, to name a date that he doesn't think he can meet. And so in that sense, I'm not surprised he's not saying it's September 12th or August 19th. But what do you think?
3: So when you were the CEO over at Rogers... Okay, uh, you thought it was sensible when managers wouldn't update you on their programs. No, but, but here's the difference, Jerry.
2: The managers would update at the board of directors. The management would m- update at management committee meetings. But they wouldn't go out and make promises to the customers that we're going to deliver digital television to you on September 12th if it wasn't going
3: to happen. Well, by the time you're years behind, you'd think you'd come up with some sort of date. I'm like, sure what, he, what are we going to wait till? You know, I heard the sun is going to build, uh, going to burn out in, th- in two billion years,
1: and somebody online said so they're going to finish the Eglinton Crosstown in the dark. Scott. I'm more of a Jerry than you, I'm afraid. I, I really think this has been a public communications debacle, this idea of persistently saying, not yet, it's coming soon. I think it's, I think it's almost uh, like a parody, uh, a self-parody. And I know that yesterday he was asked about it, not because he was giving an update on a non-update, but because he was doing something else. Here's my honest-to-God advice. Hide. Just hide. Until you have a flipping answer to the only question that anybody wants to know from the head of Metrolinx, just hide because until you can deliver me a date and I acknowledge it maybe you can't right now but until you can hide because it's the only thing you're going to be asked it's the only thing people want to hear and if you continue to have an unsatisfactory answer you're setting yourself up for failure so work from behind a desk not a microphone Deb one minute left here and maybe ask for you to give an opinion only
2: on uh, this uh, hunka business he's the guy that uh, was the um, uh, turned out to be a Nazi that was invited to the House of Commons now it turns out he got invited to a reception the Prime Minister had in Toronto his name was submitted by the Ukrainian Canadian Congress. He didn't attend the reception. There were a thousand people invited. I think this is a continuation of much ado about nothing. They need to look at their protocols for these things. But the notion the prime minister should be personally blamed for this guy getting on some list, I, I think is just a politics and kind of a waste of time.
0: Well, unless you're Anthony Rota, John, because I'd be pretty upset having lost my speaker's job if I found out that the Prime Minister's office essentially did what I did, uh, which is invite a Nazi to an event. And so that's my issue with this. They really should have spoken up at the time. They should have done their homework, they meaning the, pr- the Prime Minister's office. I mean, I'm with you on this. It's, it's embarrassing, and it was stupid, and you have to wonder what kind of government they're running to have this happen. But again, Anthony Roda, I would not be happy.
2: Really good point. Uh, Jerry Agar, Scott Reed and Deb Hutton, thanks very much for an interesting uh, round 1.
1: Catch the round table, round 1 at 7:45, round 2 at 8:45. Weekday mornings on More in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.